Are we live? I think we're live. Take uh, 38. Mm -hmm. We are computer engineers, basically. Probably point. take 42, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? I am Jesse Bowen, known as JB Figure on Instagram, and this is my husband. Yeah, Jordan Bowen, also the other JB, hence the podcast name JB Squared. JB Squared, welcome. We're doing it, y'all. No super excited. Uh, we, uh, we've thought about this for a while, and um, we've always wanted to do a podcast, and so we're doing it, right? We're doing it now. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, what we considered was, you know, we get so many kind of various awesome questions, and it's so hard with just like a very short period of time to unpack all these details, and so we thought, what better way than to podcast it out? Let's join the crew. Yeah, so uh, first episode, we thought... Let's uh, let's go in depth as to who we are, where we come from, what we uh, what we did, and what we do now. Um, where are we at right now? No doubt, we are in a state park in the middle of Florida <laughs> we've never been to. We're in uh, Rainbow Springs, Florida. A uh, funny thing, actually, guys, if you decide to do some Florida state parks, almost all of them are amazing, and some of the names are misleading. Yeah. So initially, <laughs> we reserved a spot at Lake Manatee, and uh, you guys are probably thinking, "Cool, manatees, right?" Let's go check out the manatees. Um, no. No manatees. No manatees. Manatee. Lots yeah. of woods. We're grateful for woods, but we were looking for manatees. No manatees. We're at Rainbow Springs. There were springs. It was awesome. Jesse, where are you from? Um, so I grew up on a farm, a corn and soybean farm. So just imagine standing outside your house and you look 24, 24-7. 24-7. Every day, all day. Not only are you going to look 365, yeah. 360 was I, degrees. I was talking about the degrees. <laughs> The degrees. 360, yeah. Turn around, all the way around, you're going to see corn and soybeans all around you. 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, that's 365. right. 365. <laughs> totally boring. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I grew up in Atlanta for a little bit. I guess grew up, I got halfway to adulthood. I, I was about 11. And then uh, moved to Florida after that. And uh, Gulf Coast, that's why I have this real hillbilly sounding accent so it took just i don't know like six months would you say a date me before sometimes i still don't understand you most of the time she doesn't understand me i try to use it my advantage but so if you guys don't understand me either well jb want to hook it up i'm sure other people get that from the north it's so hard to understand people from the south yeah when i first came down i first saw the ocean when i was i believe 14 years old we came down to gulf shores alabama and I could not understand anybody from Alabama. Literally could not understand them. Yeah, we got a code. We don't want to have to deal with you guys. <laughs> so we just, uh, we speak a little differently. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right, so initially, like I said, I grew up on a farm. My dad was a farmer with his father, and then he was also a, a cop and then became a detective. So I grew up on a farm. My mom stayed at home um, until my parents divorced, and then she got a full-time job at Illinois State University. Um, but I spent 18 years of my life in a small, small town in Illinois. I believe the population is, what, like 3,500? Yeah, Not even a long. stoplight. Not even a stoplight. The town was one mile long in uh, in length, so that's it. Pretty crazy. Sometimes, actually, so <laughs> they have a track that's like almost bigger than the town now. Yeah, when we were actually, back back yeah. home, back where Jess is from, uh, like a winter or two ago, we actually there was a track up there that literally once you run around the track, you've gone further further than the city. But uh, it was ice cold and freezing, and so yeah, we about Pretty died. Crazy. But uh, the distance of the small yeah. place. Insane. So I'm um, initially my goal as a kid was to go to school. I wanted to go to college um, But when I was I believe like 17 years old my parents told me they were not gonna pay for college No college. So for you, uh, I had to change plan and uh, next step. Yeah, 
So I worked at State Farm. I'm sure you guys have heard of State Farm. The uh, headquarters is in a larger city near where I'm from, so I got an internship there. Thought I was going to go to college and work for State Farm part-time. Um, I interned for about six months and absolutely hated my life. I hated sitting at a desk, hated every aspect of it, so I knew I had to do something different, and uh, I thought, uh, what about the military? Oh, you know what's interesting is you did sometimes have to sit in a desk in the military, but it was just a different, it was a different focus at that point. Yeah, totally. I think it was because I didn't want to stay in the same town. Yeah, I think that that's makes what sense. It was. Yeah, that's um, a big deal. So I thought, uh, military, nobody in my family was in the military, um, so I just showed up at a recruiter's office and the Air Force was open. Uh, the hey, Navy wasn't there, the public, Army wasn't there. Public service announcement for all you cats out there. When you go to the recruiter's office, they're great people, they're trying to help you out. Do your research. Yeah, I was about to say. Do your research. If you research. want to join the military, do your research. <laughs> Thank you to God because the Air Force recruiter was there, and I am so glad that I joined the Air Force. Almost went open general. Yeah. If you guys don't know, open general is where you decide to join the military, and they'll pick your job, or they say you'll be able to pick your job after you go through basic training. And uh, let's just say you don't really get to pick your job. It looks good on paper. (laughs) When you go open general, like she said, so you have this open contract, and you show up, and you have an ASVAB score, and so they're going to look at kind of the different needs of the Air Force first, which makes sense. They're a big organization. They've got to figure it out. And then what your desired job will probably not necessarily match up with what there is available. So generally you end up becoming security forces and shout out to the security forces. Nothing uh, wrong with that job, but a lot of people don't necessarily like doing that job. You end up kind of guarding places that have a low amount of action. And so there's not necessarily a ton of fun, but you didn't go up in general. Yeah. What did you do instead? Um, so I knew that I wanted to leave right after I graduated high school. Um, so I talked to my recruiter, and he hooked me up, and I was able to become a signals intelligence analyst. Well, so. that sounds fancy. Signals intelligence analyst. Yeah. What is that? Um, well, kind of hard to describe. Um, seems silly, but you do have a top secret clearance, so you can't really talk about exactly what you do. Um, but depending on what base you get stationed at, so I was stationed at three separate bases. I was in Colorado, I was in Korea, and I was also in Florida. Uh, the job differed between each base depending on what your focus was. Um, but basically what I did was I reported on foreign forces. So we tracked some signals, um, stuff from those countries, and then I would create reports or briefs and then brief different people on the uh, areas that I was responsible for. I didn't get past when she said Colorado. I haven't. <laughs> I've never been in that state. Well, we're say? from us. It's Colorado. Oh, Colorado. It's a hard O at the end. It's yeah. Definitely Colorado. Yeah, teaches on I guess. Um, very cool. So basically, the job was to like collect stuff up to create actionable intel in order for people yeah. to kind of make decisions for operations, yeah. especially for you guys, right? Yeah, so tell them what us. you did. Yeah. So. Like I said, lived in Florida in the Panhandle, loved the ocean, loved water. I was very conveniently went to high school, Fort Walton Beach High School, where um, AFSOC, Air Force Special Operations Command, is located. The headquarters is there. And so there was, I had the opportunity to meet kind of two of the different Air Force Special Operations career fields at the time, the two kind of main ones. There are others, but the two main ones there are um, pararescue and combat control. And luckily, a friend of mine's dad did pararescue so i got to go check it out and see what it was all about so you saw the military before like you saw a base before you yeah and you know what's crazy is so like i was always near the base but my dad was in the military but i he got out when i was like 
I want to say two or three years old, right? So he did six years, the same that I did as well. And then uh, I didn't, I can't remember if I had ever even been on base before this. Really? even though Yeah, even though I went to school there because I mean, Did we, you have friends that were like military? You know how it is though. I mean, especially being here now and especially post 9-11, right? So two, once oh, 2001 yeah. happened, we were juniors in high school. That's At true. that point to get on base, you absolutely had to be vetted very difficultly to get on base but yeah so i was able to go on check it out and then uh went on to do pararescue and if you guys don't know what pararescue is it is one of the air force's special tactics um programs right so you guys hear special forces operator military operator that's what it is for the air force it's like if you're not military it's like the navy seal of the air force but they think they're better than navy seals well we got a higher attrition rate (laughs) You know, let's say the Green Beret medic, right? So the job of pararescue, as it's called, right, is it, the name sounds like you jump out of planes and rescue people, and that's accurate. The real specialty is personnel recovery. And so what that means is, like, people are in high-risk locations, and whether that's on the side of a mountain, it's in the side of the desert, the jungle, you're in an urban environment, whatever it is, you have good guys behind enemy lines in very adverse, dangerous conditions, and it's our job to go in and get them out. And So, so if somebody, will say, like, in a war or Afghanistan gets hurt, and they're on the side of a mountain, you have to go in and save them. Yeah, so that's what was really neat, actually. So, like, when I was in Afghanistan, I was embedded with uh, both 3rd and 7th Special Forces Group. And so what we would do with them is exactly that. We would be medics on their team. We would be shooters with them. We would be doing the job. They're the subject matter experts on the tactics that we're doing day in and day out, running these different missions. And if something specific gets really crazy, then we would become subject matter experts for that, like mm-hmm. if somebody went so, off the side. Like, force for multiplier. Black Hawk Down. Was there a PJ? Yeah, there was a couple PJs. There was a guy named Wilkinson, last name Wilkinson. Uh, You guys can check it out. Um, Tim was his first name. And, uh, yeah, so he was in Black Hawk Down. You know, you've seen the movie Perfect Storm. There were PJs in that as well. Um, You know, actually, if you guys have seen the movie, and I love the Coast Guard, so Coast Guard, don't come and find me and kill me. But, you know, they have that saying in that movie, The Guardian, it's like when the Air Force won't go. It's like that, I know on good authority that's not true. The Air Force goes in way yeah. more crazy conditions than so the Coast like, Guard uh, for rescue. Um, gosh darn it, I forgot what I was going to say. Gosh darn oh, it. yeah, like how hard is it? You told me you know it's hard to yeah, like, for be a sure. PJ. How hard is so it? So the selection, as selections, the first 12 weeks when you go and you have like a two-week prep and then you have 10-week course in which case, so we started with 121 guys, and then 18 of us made it through selection. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty. And those aren't like crazy numbers for a single class. That's just standard. I mean, it's super difficult. You know, I had seven shallow water blackouts. Like, they're going to take you to the point of being unconscious, more or less. If somebody doesn't pull you out of the pool, you're dead at that moment. So, they pull you out of the pool, you shake it off. You want to get back in? Yep. And if at any time you say, I can't, I won't, I'm not going to, uh, I quit, any of those things, that's it. That's a wrap. You're done. Thanks for coming out. Crazy. So most people in the military, like for myself, we go through six weeks of basic training, and it's like the worst part of the military. It's I was honestly in complete shock. What was, hey, what was the first <laughs> night like? Uh, it, it's crazy, you guys. If you, like I, for instance, had no clue what the military was. I just knew that it was going to pay for my college, I loved America, and I knew that I wanted to serve my country, and I also wanted to get a degree and not have a student loan. Two for one. So, right, so they fly you down, and everybody 
that's going to go through basic training has to like sit outside of the the base, right? Like outside of buildings, and you're all sitting there waiting for everybody to show up. No clue what's going to go, yeah, and so it's like, late too at this yeah, point. It's like eleven crazy. or twelve at night. And I like didn't know you weren't supposed to have food, and so I had a bag. Of, <laughs> I had a bag of candy because I love sweets. You know what? I gotta pause you. So you guys know a little bit about JB, right? So she works really hard. She's very now every single road trip that we go on, and we live in an RV, so there's a lot of these. It's like she treats gas stations like oh, they are some kind of magic gold standard. That have... She has to go oh. find some kind of snack that fits within the lifestyle. If you're it's like, like me, oh, oh, that's a rock. Sorry. If you guys are like me and you like gas stations, I'm telling you, we could do a whole episode on gas stations. I could, she, I could rate them. She definitely could rate I them. Could rate so gas that's how much she loves snacks. So when you guys see like, so like, and make the assumption that she doesn't have snacks, she definitely does. She just appropriately works them in with everything else. So she loves snacks. First night, she has food and yeah. So I have a bag of candy because, of course, I'm like, I need to have snacks. Not knowing you can't have snacks in basic training. <laughs> so they sit everybody down. They're not yelling at you yet. And I'm sitting down. And I hey, have guys, this, come in. Sign I these remember, papers. Put I remember having, like, a bag of Rolos. You guys know what Rolos are? You I know, know what Rolos, Rolos They're are. chocolate okay, with caramel I've seen you eat these. Okay, I love them. In 15 years, <laughs> I've seen Jess eat a lot of so different kinds of snacks. I was sitting down, and I was like, I got a sense that some stuff was going to go down. I knew it was going to get, like, I just had a weird feeling. And I was like, oh, shh. Crap. Oh, we were feeling, you mean like you're a basic training? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to get rid of this candy. And so I start eating it like as fast as I can because I didn't want to get caught. And there was one girl next to me. I'll never forget her name. Her name was Joanna. And I was like, will you help me eat this candy? And I'm not even joking. We ate this whole thing of Rolos before they called us up, right? And then, so they call you up. They like line you up. I've never been lined up in like a, a column before. <laughs> and they march you to your barracks. You walk to your barracks. You don't march yet. And I'll never forget, you're like holding your bags and all of a sudden these people come out with these hats on, like these TIs. That's it. And they just start yelling at you to put your bag down and then they tell you to pick it back up. And you put it back down and you pick it back up. And they're just screaming in your face. And I I was in literally complete shock. Yeah. Now listen, to death. It pro- now, I, anybody that's listening to this probably <laughs> thinks like, put your bags down, pick yeah. them up. That doesn't sound no, stressful doesn't at say, all. Yeah. The situation that they create, which is, it's a very interesting, they do a great job of it. All the different services do a great job. The very first thing that they're doing is they're making sure that you can submit to authority and learn to grow from there. So they'll literally, they go, okay, put your bags down. I mean, they don't say it that nicely. They'll put yes. them down. And you put your bags down and then they go, pick them up. And after about like 15 times of this, you're like, are we not putting our bags down correctly? Yeah, you're kind of confused. And so then, of course, there's going to be like somebody that's like a little bit slow or a little bit fast. And then they're going to capitalize and they're going to slowly kind of methodically break apart everybody's preconception of like what I'm going to do with basic training. And they're going to align you very quickly that you are part of a unit. And if you wish to proceed forward... You're gonna you're gonna get in line. You're gonna pick your fucking bags up and That's put them back true. down when they say. Yeah. So finally, after like a hundred times of putting your bags down and picking them up, then they like rush you upstairs and they're like, "Everybody, take a shower." So imagine like how many people are in a bag? <laughs> Maybe like thirty girls. I well, I didn't go with girls, so right. you have to <laughs> tell me. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm assuming. Maybe thirty females. Yeah, it, I, it seemed like there was probably four flight or yeah. four, uh, like four elements. Rows. Four elements yeah. had to be forty, probably. Probably forty, 40 females. Yeah. So they like come upstairs. They're like, "Pull your bags down. Get in the shower." And first off, I've never showered with forty people at one time, and so I'm like, "Oh, okay." 
So you take your clothes off, you get in the shower, and I'm like, oh, I need a lot of soap. So I, like, start lathering up. No less than, like, a minute goes by, and they're like, get out the fucking shower. And I'm like, what? I literally have soap all over me. All of us have soap on us. I, I'm like, oh, okay. And so you grab your towel, you get out of the shower, you have soap on you, you have shampoo in your hair. And you put on, I think, PT clothes, right? PT clothes are like your workout clothes. I had a couple other stressful indoctrination moments. I don't remember this one. That's true. You probably don't remember (laughs) Basic training is not as hard as what he went through. But for me, it's the hardest thing. And then I'll never forget, everybody gets in their beds and you hear crying. It's like the craziest thing. It is. Even in men's basic training, there's full-blown crying. (laughs) It's pretty wild. But you know what? I'm telling you guys, if you want to join the military, it's the best thing that happened for us. Yeah. It's just an experience you'll never forget. It's wild. And you know what? It is pretty neat because it humbles you. Two things actually just happened so far. If you guys didn't catch up, one, you heard Jesse say the F-bomb, which in 15 years I've probably heard it 15 times. Yeah. So that's Sometimes a little gift for you. She's, she's telling a story so you guys can uh, get the, the full effect there instead of saying uh, freaking, freaking get out of the shower, I guess. But two is uh, the neat thing. I think one of the best things about the military, especially the Air Force, is it has the code, right? So it has excellence in all you do, right? It has, God, what I just... Service right before service self. Service before self. And then what's uh, excellence in all you do? Integrity first, right? Yeah. So I was trying to get the service for self value there, which is like exactly what you see on the first day. You realize that you were part of a bigger unit, part of a bigger team, and no longer is like your individual needs all about you. And so like that might seem drastic kind of when somebody's first listened to it, but that is how we try to operate our family. It's how we try to operate our marriage and everything else is that I try to take care of Jess the best possible. She takes care of me. We mutually take care of our kids. And so all of that really started for me in the military. Yeah, it really truly makes you adaptable and it... uh, allows you i think to experience um different i would say personalities and cultures that you normally wouldn't be surrounded by so i feel like it helps you really adapt to any environment and then also adapt to people in general yeah you learn so many different cultures and then here's the deal for everybody listening is like if you're past the point of joining the military or you decide military is not for you no big deal so if you're curious how do you kind of get some of those same things out of this join a gym that has a great community that's so true because yeah. you're going to challenge yourself day in and day out this is what we've been really fortunate um to be able to do for so much of our life is be in fitness and it is very much like the military that you get this kind of esprit de corps this this very true. this motivation you're challenging yourself day in and day out you get to watch other people challenge themselves so find a gym with a solid community kind of solid atmosphere yeah Get in there, challenge yourself daily, and you can get so many of the similar same benefits for sure. Yeah, I mean, and you're kind of segueing, obviously, into, so we were in the military, both of us, for six years. Yep. Um, I got out when I had my first child, uh, Slade. I had him, and in the military, you can get out if you have a child. And so I knew that I was going to deploy, and Jordan was gone over 300 days out of the year. And so I knew it was the right thing for us as a family for me to get out. And then Jordan was in for another year year he deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan and then we knew like we wanted that same kind of environment that the military brought and so like you said yeah. we, uh, we started a gym yeah man we had like five or six different routes written on this whiteboard. Tell them some of the routes besides the gym. Man, so, you know, paramedic fighter fighter, uh, me doing contracting. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell them the crazy one. 
What was the, what was the other Bell Bondsman. Oh, man. We, we looked at being <laughs> Bell Bonds men and women there, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't uh, know why we thought that. But. It was just straight. went from rescuing people to tracking down cars or something. It just sounded cool. Maybe we I were watching it. that one show, uh, yeah, we were, Dog we, the Bounty we watched Hunter. Dog too many times. I forgot that was even on the board. I think that was a very low-level priority. <laughs> we literally just threw everything up on a board, and yeah. we would talk about it every day. Um, before Jordan separated from the military, and then we really settled on. Remember, I looked at DEA as well. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. That's why I yeah. went. To, that's why I went to college. And so, yeah. you know, Jess had already gone to college. She'd already graduated college at that point. I think. Oh, you know what? I think you were about to. I graduate. I was about to graduate. Yeah, 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 with a sociology degree. Yeah. Yeah. Social science. Social science, and so we basically we wrote down these kind of five or six different things and we started doing all the prereqs to be successful in those areas to make sure we had that yeah. whether that was degrees or whatever else and then kind of the absolute sketchiest idea was to open a gym it was in the middle of the recession right yep. to 2009 you know the market had fallen in 2008 no kind of end in sight and uh what we realized though is like what if we're getting out of the military where are we going to be able to like impact people's lives positively and be able to have such an amazing community and and like see real change that we can be able to continue to do and so fitness was that and so and and truly like you guys out there if anybody has a goal or a dream that they want to chase go for it you know plan accordingly like we did we saved every penny we saved everything we could because we knew we wanted to do something dropped down to one cell phone one car car. got rid of everything that cost money and the thing too is like we wanted freedom and so being entrepreneurs we knew we didn't want to work for somebody and we knew we wanted freedom in what we did and we knew fitness was was our route to create an awesome environment and to really enjoy what we did so it didn't feel like a job yeah 100 percent. and not everybody necessarily wants to be an entrepreneur but every person can find freedom in exactly. what they're doing by pursuing excellence true you know what Very I mean? Because if you go to work and you're pursuing excellence, you're giving it a hundred fucking percent outcome, all that you got. Well, then every night, the same, you lay your head to the pillow. Exactly. You're going to know that you put out your best. Yeah. Very so true. when we first started, what kind of gym were we? <laughs> so we were a CrossFit. We were um, a CrossFit gym. Yeah. There was no real such thing as CrossFit. This was 2009. 2009. It had been around for a little bit. I think at the time they had done like one of the CrossFit games, but basically... There was very much an established kind of Globo Gym model, the Gold's Gym. And then outside of that, if you were doing anything other than that, there really wasn't a brand or name behind, like, yeah. we want to just go get some shit done. Like functional so, fitness. Yeah, there CrossFit, wasn't another name besides CrossFit. CrossFit made the most sense. And so we did a CrossFit gym, but almost like right away, our programming changed dramatically because we met Louis Simmons from Westside Barbell. We had some different athletes, need some different needs. I destroyed my back doing something very safe at the time but all the kind of crashes on the uh parachute landings and all that stuff for me in the military i had a 40 foot rappel fall in the military where uh i had a device that failed me and luckily it just lightly locked off at the last second so my body was pretty beat up from being in the military already and so we got further injured and we learned not we i but uh yeah Jess is harder to break than me. but um, That's because I didn't do anything prior to that. I was <laughs> <yeah>. a runner. <laughs> yeah, when I met Jess, she was actually pretty much almost a vegan, vegetarian. Yeah, you guys. She oh. only ran. And, uh, you know, hey, shout out to all the different diets out yeah, there. Yeah, so. I've tried everything. And you know what? I was a vegetarian for, I believe, three years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, I thought it was the route to go. But for myself personally, 
I had some health issues as a vegetarian, and when I met Jordan, he uh, so he, he made me some chicken, <laughs> and I was like, this is delicious. You know what? <laughs> she didn't even like fully disclose to me, but we were literally just friends when we met, right? So we had kind of a crazy serendipitous moment, if you will. I wasn't supposed to be at this school. She wasn't supposed to be at this school. I literally broke a leg. And by breaking my leg, I was able to study and make it to this school that I went to. She was supposed to be at another military course that got canceled for her, and she came here. So we ended up just very luckily aligned, and we had both just finished up uh, maybe relationships that were less than optimal before that. And so when we met, we just wanted to be friends, legit. Yeah, yeah we were super, like, we were study partners. I, I thought she was amazing, that's for sure. And so I goaded her into studying with me. And so we our first date, if you will, was at the library for yeah. like six weeks. We were just hanging. And so once we started kind of dating about nine weeks, right, um, which was very shortly, like a week before I actually left for Iraq, um, I was like, hey, I'm making some food. And I think, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't say anything. she didn't say anything. So she was kind of like, I don't want to tell this guy that I don't want to eat the food that he just cooked. And it was chicken and she ate it. You guys, and I'll never forget. It was chicken and like literally this like, it's like red rice packets. <laughs> but yeah. it was so good. And I ate it and then I felt great. And I was like, oh, I yeah. think I want to start eating meat again. Yeah, I didn't know for probably like months afterwards. She was like, yeah, it was pretty much a vegetarian. I was like, really? Yeah. You yeah. didn't bring bring that up I didn't bring it up I don't I can't say that at that young age I would have had enough coof to uh yeah to respect it I probably would have been like ridiculous but who knows right yeah yeah, yeah pretty crazy so um we were in the military both of us I was in for five and a half years Jordan was in for I think seven right Is yeah that's right? now six and some change okay, yeah. six and I some did change. six and then I did an extension to go yeah. to Afghanistan so um we then joined, we opened the gym literally two weeks after he came mm-hmm. back from Afghanistan. I think you came back on what, July 4th? July 4th. Crazy, yeah, my, right? Didn't yeah, you see the fireworks? Deployment. Yeah, my first yeah, deployment cool, cool. ever was I was leaving on July 4th wow. watching fireworks and then coming home. Incredible. My last deployment, I came home on July 4th. So it was pretty neat. Independence Day for both those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then two weeks after he gets back, we bust our butts for two weeks. We have a baby with us, but we know, like, this is what we have to do. We have to make it because we only had, I think, like, 40 grand saved. We had already um, spent We had spent half of it almost. Yeah, 21 of it on yeah. equipment at this point. And we knew, like, we had three months. We knew a number of people we had to get to join our gym in order to survive and, yeah. and keep the business open. Because we didn't take out a loan. We didn't borrow from anybody. We knew that we had to grind and we had to figure it out. Yeah, it was either... It wasn't even Sink get or rich swim. or die trying. Yeah. It was get 30 members within 90 days or run out of funds yeah. and proceed towards bankruptcy, right? Maybe Absolutely. we wouldn't have, maybe we wouldn't have gone bankruptcy, but we'd have been default on not being able to pay for another nine months of, yeah. of lease that we had rogered up for, and that's not in our character. So we'd have figured out yeah. how to pay for that by a second job or something. I don't know what we would have done, but we would have, we would have made sure to make do on what our promise was. And so we started out a CrossFit, and then after, um, like we said, very shortly, after that I was beat up a little bit we learned about West Side Barbell we started a very very kind of strength hybrid conditioning style program right so we did we chased down strength very early we've been doing bicep curls since 2009 you know what I mean we started incorporating hypertrophy in there and kept the, the maybe the best part 
of the conditioning that we had learned from some of the CrossFit modalities as well, and uh, added a ton of sled in there and a lot yeah. of a lot of ton of intervals. Like bodybuilding with now. functional with Absolutely. hit, you know, with accessory work. You know, we really wanted to take Building a up little bit of muscles. everything. Yeah, That's we it. really did, and uh, we did we, crazy thing too. I'm I'm sure a lot of you don't know is we lived in our gym, right? Yeah, we sure did we for lived, like two and a half years. We yeah, and gym. we didn't tell our members, so you know, we had a George Foreman grill in at like 7 p.m. We'd be cooking burgers, and, <laughs> and members would be like, "Do you guys smell that?" Yeah, We're one like, of what? our one what of our. Anything? <laughs> One of our early members and longtime uh, buddy now was like, uh, he was like, dude, do I smell bacon? <laughs> like, what? yeah, man. He's like, why do I smell bacon at seven o'clock? I'm like, well, we live, we live in there. And he's like, you live here? Yeah. Like, yeah, man, got to, got to get it done, man. We didn't and really so. tell anyone. I mean, we tell people now, but you know, when we were in the middle of it, we didn't really want to announced to yeah members. it wasn't a secret we just didn't broadcast it yeah. we we're trying to be as professional as possible so crazy thing put is our best foot forward at our so we started in the first location we moved into a larger location after the first year and we had a shower we put a shower in at the second location but we put <laughs> we put it kind of like outside in the main area of the gym but there was a closet that it surrounded wouldn't it fit in our living quarters yeah so like you couldn't see it but you know nobody knew it was there but we showered there and then we had this member and we noticed Gary P. We, we noticed him walk in the closet like every day. Come to find out, this dude was showering. He found the shower in our on shower. accident somehow or whatever, <laughs> and he just thought it was like a public shower. And the yeah. dude was so cool, he man. Was he was so like sixty nice. something years old. He was super nice. He was super uh, motivated to be there. And uh, I, we were just like, we never told I guess, him. I guess we're just gonna let Gary. <laughs> We're just going to let Gary use our shower. So it was us and Gary uh, shared our shower in, yeah. in our second location. Yeah. You know, but really, truly, the reason we lived in our gym is we knew that we really wanted to create um, such a really cool atmosphere and throw everything back into our business. And we knew the, the goal was to open more locations. And so we really sacrificed for a few years, truly. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Yeah, because, you know, we saved every penny for like two years leading up to the gym to be able to save enough money. Um, Jess was much more of a good steward of money when I met her. She'd already saved like $20,000 and I got paid a lot more because I had jump pay and flight pay and hazard duty pay and um, what else am I missing? Some other pay, dive pay, a whole bunch of pay. So I got paid more than her, but somehow I had absolutely no money in the bank, but five surfboards, a car, a couple dogs and uh, yeah, you name it. Had she had $20,000 safe. But, yeah. So we saved every penny right. and then for lived in the gym uh-huh. saved you know reinvested kept putting buying uh, stuff to go into the gym and then the second once we had a second gym and, and continued yeah. and um just grinded really hard and and you know, so was, we opened the first gym in 2009 that's correct second gym in 2011 11 yep. and then so in between the second and the third gym we had another baby yeah we had another baby we had brobo brody bo brody bo you guys have definitely seen bobo yeah. Um, the blonde beast there. Pretty crazy. So crazy story about her is she was born on December 12th, 2012. 12-12-12. We actually didn't even know that that was her birth date. We didn't, it didn't even like, like yeah, recollect to us. Yeah, it didn't um, She was born two weeks early. We actually had her at a birthing center. So we had our first son um, on Eglin Air Force Base. We had him on base, which was a great experience. He loves that now, by the way. Oh, yeah. He loves knowing he was born on base. And then we decided with our second baby primarily because we didn't have health insurance <laughs> but um we knew that uh i kind of wanted to have like a, a cool experience with um no medication i mean i was scared to death of that 
but uh, I wanted to try that out and I knew that having her at a birthing center would uh, basically give me no option to say, hey, give me the epidural because I did that with my first and I really, I really wanted to challenge myself and I really wanted that cool experience of having her at a birthing center and we didn't have health insurance. So <laughs> yep. we could, we were, weren't really at a point we to afford the, uh, <laughs> quality health insurance so right. we paid for the birthing center route which was also expensive but less expensive yeah. and uh, Jesse burned her ships and said I'm taking this island. And, we did. And I had from being a PJ I was a nationally registered paramedic as part of that we would do clinical rotations. I'd been to a lot of different um, births and assisted and all that kind of stuff and uh, i was super like impressed to watch it was awesome watch it was go. a very cool experience yeah it was super amazing so we had bro and then we opened up our third location right that's it number three 2013 which was all of them were special this one's really special um we had who one of our partners now his cousin uh josh who had worked for us um with us honestly is a better way to say it we don't have anybody that works for us we have people that work with us and, and we're grateful for them and we try to be servants for them and the same thing back and keep the loyalty and love these people um so josh had worked with us he was one of our trainers and he got stage four cancer and he passed and we were uh able to name the gym after him and it's still named after him and the crazy yeah. thing is his cousin and wife Yep. is our partner there with the same last name so it's like uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. neat, very it's, much in the family it's very cool that it's in the family and we can remember Josh for sure so for that sure. was our third location and then we opened our fourth location when 2019 like October of 19 which yeah. uh, shout out to our crew Santi and Chels out there heading that up taking it over you know we're partners with them out there and they freaking first year was 2020 is a rough had year a rough boy it's a rough year for sure and then not even covid but the hurricane remember the hurricane as well there was a hurricane oh, in the area it, 2020 was a rough year for pensacola for sure yeah. um all the gyms period man all of our partners all of us had to come together in 2020 like everybody did yep. you know we yep. we lost a ton of people during that time period but we were able to keep a lot of people as well which yeah we were shout out to for. all the small businesses that survived during covid that 100. was rough for us that and the really one that didn't man hey continue press like we're exactly. talking about you guys are gonna figure it out you're freaking studs continue to sacrifice figure it out yep that's it so pretty awesome right so now we have we have four locations that we are co-owners with and we are now silent partners and we have amazing partners that run each location um it's just awesome right it is awesome you know in order to be have partners in business period and i think if you don't have partners, if you, you're figuring this out at some point, it's the same as a marriage. You got to have the same kind of trust for your partners that you do for your spouse, right? You got to love your partners. You got to care about them. You got to have loyalty with them. They got to have loyalty with you. And all of our partners were our trainers that worked with us for an extended period of time. And so we got to develop great relationships personally, professionally. And now they are the main operating partners of all of our gyms and they fucking kill it. And we're grateful for them. And so what we do now is we do uh, Tell them just what we some, do, what we did what this we did. past year. What did we do? You rocked my world. You uh, sold our house. and I've been rocking our world for 15 okay, years. Okay, so here's how it goes with our relationship. I am kind of an activator, right? So I come up with these like great ideas and never fall through. And so I tell Jordan an idea and he actually follows through. So I was like, yo, let's sell our house 
and like get an RV so we can travel for a year and then we can save our money and you know buy a plot of land and build and so that I kind of like dream it up yeah and, and I had actually been wanting to do this, this but dude I, puts I, it couldn't into really, action. I couldn't really drag her into it for probably a little bit before this and so when she says, hey, I'm ready to sell the house, two weeks later the house you was guys, sold. You guys, I was so scared. <laughs> I thought I would have time. I thought I would have time to think about it. But <laughs> even crazy story, our best friend bought our house. That's it. So, I mean, it's awesome because... It's like it's still, still in the family. It's still in the family. We go visit. We love it. We love that he's there. And so that's pretty cool. But I'm telling you guys... I like had a, a mini meltdown. I think yeah, a, little a little mini midlife a little crisis. Micro, a little, a micro. little mini midlife crisis. It was interesting. I mean, living in an RV is it's. I think what prefaced it was we got COVID during the middle of it. We so did get COVID. We got the Delta, guys. The Delta. Tons of fun. We thought since we're healthy, we didn't think it was oh, gonna be we'll that bad. be fine, right? Like we'll get COVID. We'll like walk through it. The first day, you know, we're like, oh, we're fine. It was like what the third day. Yeah, we're like 10 days, 103 degree fever. Dude, we, we, were we died. We, we were surprised. We died, yeah. We were surprised. So in but the middle of we that, get through that. Yeah, we're, we're moving. We get through that. We buy an RV, and my husband's like, we're going to take this year. We're going to live it up. We're not going to think about anything but just enjoying what we have now. And I'm telling you guys, it's it's changed me in a good way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we're still operating business stuff as well. We do some, actually, in fact, shout out like uh exciting we have some really cool stuff that's going to come out we get asked yeah, all the guys, time we are so excited super excited we get parents all the time that ask like hey what can i do with my kid what can this well we got some pretty cool surprises coming for you we're not going to spoil it right now but we got some neat stuff spoil it. you want to spoil it a little bit maybe nah, a little bit okay nah, well save it. just know that we're working super hard for everybody out there because we've seen what fitness has done for our kids not only in like physicality but in their confidence and character building character That's and it. so we really want to press that forward into other you know lives of parents and kids and so just know that we're working really hard and something awesome is coming soon That's and it. so what else are we doing we're traveling we're going different places all the time yep. living in an rv i'm telling you guys is super awesome because you can travel and go all over now i'm it is kind of cramped it is a little bit cramped everything can be a little cramped at times and i'm a little of an ocd <laughs> cleaning freak so super get a little cleaner. crazy sometimes but we love it we do we've we've gotten closer as a family that's for sure that's it it's it's definitely been super awesome you know it did exactly what we wanted which was to create a challenge for the family to create a challenge for our kids yeah you know i was actually fortunate enough that my parents moved from atlanta when i was a little bit younger than my son when i was 11 um and i lived like in a in the kitchen of this 30-foot airstream like in the bench at the kitchen table hmm. was my bed for an extended period of time and that discomfort slash adaptability slash overcome the obstacles in front of me um, with my family definitely helped shape like a fearlessness coming into adulthood and so we want to yeah. give the same thing for our kids that was probably first and foremost yeah. I think it's taught me too that like life isn't linear like I always thought you know like you would have success success and like can increasingly go up in life but, you know, sometimes you have to go back. You have to, to go down yeah. in order to search for it. And that's I feel it. like that's really it's really helping me to see life as, like, it doesn't have to be this linear progression, you know. Like, you don't have to see ups, ups, ups. Like, you're going to have downs in order to get bigger ups, that's if it. that makes sense. You know, psychologically, financially, yeah. physically, that's true. Like, there's it's never a 
straight linear path of progression. Right. It is always going to be ups, down, ups, downs, up, downs. And the more that you continue to progress and put into it and get after it, obviously the more when you look at it, the further you come back on that graph, the more it looks like a linear straight path straight up. Very true. Yeah. yeah. But if you look back, you're going to see. Always. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, course. way down there when I, yeah, uh -huh. exactly. And you know what? Sometimes these times build the best memories because I'm telling you what, we have the best memories of living That's it. in our gym and literally just grinding, you know? And so we got cool things. Like I said, we have very awesome things about some kid stuff. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll sprinkle that out a little more. this guy is going to law school. That's right, University of Dayton. They got a cool hybrid program. So the neat thing is I only have to go up like, I want to say 10 weeks out of the, the kind of almost four years. We'll call it four years just for rounding effect there. Um, and then a lot of it's done online in a kind of virtual classroom. Do you think that's going to take up a lot of time? I think it's going to take a lot of reading, but I do a lot of reading now. And you if you I mean? guys, if anybody's in law school or been to law school, hit me up. I want to know, like, <laughs> is he going to be on the computer all the time? What's going on here? I said, I'm going to be doing, the, I'm going to be doing plank learning. I'm going to sit, <laughs> put the computer on the ground. Exactly. Push-ups in between reps. Yes. All right, we're going to cut this, uh, probably going to close this out because Jordan actually is going to be somewhere. Where are you going to be? Yeah, I'm heading back to Ukraine, actually. So I just got back from Ukraine like uh, two weeks ago, and I'm heading back out very shortly. Um, I work for a nonprofit that does uh, a lot of different things, but it does disaster relief. We uh, Currently what we're doing is we're doing high-risk extractions out of Ukraine. So we're rescuing um, foster parents and orphans and widows and all those kinds of things in between the danger zones and bringing them back to safety. And so I'm heading back out. What's it like? I mean, what's it is a war zone. That's for sure. It's very chaotic. You know, you got the air raid sirens, you got bombings, you got all those kinds of things. But, uh, you know, God willing, being intelligent, uh, praying our way through the process. And um, I'm with a bunch of other special operators as well. So that definitely helps. And yeah. uh, we're just going to go and show as much love to the people that are uh, in very desperate, very desperate moments right now. Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes for us to, you know, be in our world and then and then think about what's actually going on over there. It's it's hard to really conceptualize, you know. And so I know we watch the news and we see it, and then it's hard to really think like that's going on right now. Like that's actually happening to people. They're leaving their homes and don't know if they're ever coming back. Yeah, I tell you what, like you know, it's a great point when. <laughs> like to try to not get teared up like when we roll up and you watch often the father is staying and yeah. the mother and the foster kids or the, their own kids are leaving at this point and you watch the tears and the tears are like I may never see you again yeah. and the kids know I may never be going home again mm. um, God willing they will right yeah. so you know pray for peace pray that, that this changes but it is definitely a sobering moment that um, you know I can't fix all those situations but what we can do is try to love as much people and get them out of harm's way as much yeah. as possible I mean I know we all can't go and, and you know um, volunteer over there or work over there but you know what we can do is we can pray for the ukrainian people the refugees and also i know the group you work for is yep, aerial that's, recovery. A, that's right it's a 501c yeah. nonprofit aerial recovery group for yeah. anybody that would want to donate if you want to know where your funds are going they are going to action yeah. that's where they're going it's pretty awesome what they're doing over there because you know a lot of people can't take time away from their job and go over there and 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 do the relief work but i'm glad that you guys can so you know you guys can 
throw up some prayers and uh, pray for the people going over there the um, that are working and the volunteers and pray for the Ukrainian people. And what are we doing next time? We're going to do what? A Q&A? Oh, we're going to do a Q&A. It's going right. to be awesome. So we want to hear you guys. We want to know what you want. We we do a lot. Uh, Jordan does business consultations with other businesses on how to develop teams. Um, he's going to law school. We do a lot of nutrition stuff, fitness stuff. We homeschool our kids. We live in an RV. What you got? Bring it to us. Yeah, man. We're excited. In fact, like that was our main thought process behind this is we want to add value to people's lives in as much way as we can with all the kind of cool experiences that uh, that God's taken us through in these years. And so if you guys want to hear some stuff, you want some knowledge, if there's something that we can impart on you, hit us up. I'll let you soon. All right. JB Squared. We're out. out.